Our scripture reading this morning is, our first one is found in Psalm chapter 16, verse 11, and our second is a traditional Christmas reading. It is our Advent celebration, and we are looking at joy today. Psalm 16, verse 11. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Luke chapter 2, verses 4 through 12, and then verses 16 through 20. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them in the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. When you turn on the news, do you expect good news or bad news? Do you expect to be lifted up by the news or brought down by the news? Like many, I've come to expect the news to be mostly bad news, and often I choose no news because I am tired of all the bad news. But what if, in a world that is mostly feeding us more and more bad news, there was good news? And what if this good news had the power to cause great joy in you. Great joy in your family and great joy in our community as well as great joy around the world. And not, and not just passing joy, not just great joy for a moment, but great joy for any moment, for all moments. On the night of the first Christmas, the shepherds are famously tending the flocks in the fields, and their world was a world that would make you want to turn off 
the news. The Caesars reigned. The Herods lined their pockets. The middle class became the working poor. And the populace was powerless to do anything about it. It was all bad news. And on Christmas, this is the world the angel enters and announces, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Finally, after being fed all this bad news, there is good news. And it's not just good news for good people, good news for smart people, or good news for successful people. It's good news for good people and not so good people. It's, it's good news for people who are strong in their faith and good news for people who are still figuring it out. It's good news of great joy for all people. It's good news that's meant to cause you joy. We've all experienced the power that good news has to cause great joy. You've experienced the power that good news has to cause great joy. I remember the first time I cried tears of joy at the end of a movie. It was Thanksgiving Day, 1991. We were at my Uncle Tony and my Aunt Debbie's house. By the way, almost everyone who's from New Jersey has an Uncle Tony. And the adults wanted to talk after dinner, and so they do what we do today. They turned on the TV to keep all the kids' attention. And we were watching the hit movie, the new hit movie, Beauty and the Beast. And it touched my little heart with such joy that I cried tears of joy. I didn't know what was happening until my sisters announced he's crying. And of course, I denied ever crying tears of joy. I remember the first time I cried tears of joy in the movie theater. This time, thankfully, my friend Scott was also crying tears of joy. It was a football under underdog story. The name of the movie was Rudy. And if you've seen the movie, at the end of the movie, Rudy Rudiker is being carried off in victory, and they're chanting the whole stadium, Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. And as the chants grew, those tears continued to flow. I was crying tears of joy. And at first glance, these two stories that cause great joy have nothing in common. One is a fairy tale. The other is a true story. One is about falling in love. The other is about football. Yet, these two stories share a common thread. And they actually share a common thread with other stories of good news that cause great joy. Both involve someone entering into a hopeless situation. Both involve a person coming in weakness. Both involve someone who is despised and rejected by many. And both involve someone who's willing to make a great personal sacrifice 
to lift others up and in doing so finds their own personal fulfillment. These types of stories cause great joy because we see, right, in a world of bad news, there really is beauty, there really is love, there really is a hero, there really is good news. And whether they're true stories or fairy tales, I believe that they all point us to the greatest story, to, to the story that our hearts were meant for, for the story that makes all hearts sing with joy, and that is the story of God's good news. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. It's why we gather here around the Christmas time to look at this good news. On Christmas, did Jesus enter into a great situation? No. Jesus entered into a hopeless situation. On Christmas, did Christ come in strength? No. Christ came in weakness as a helpless babe lying in a manger. Jesus loves God the Father and, and all the people. And because of that, he's despised and rejected. Jesus is love, and so Jesus makes the ultimate sacrifice. He goes to the cross. He's lifted high on the cross to die for the sins of the world that we might be forgiven by God. And in making this great personal sacrifice lifted high on the cross, Christ lifts others up, and in doing so, Christ finds his own personal fulfillment. And we see Jesus really is hope. Jesus really is beauty. Jesus really is love. Jesus really is the hero that we always needed. Jesus really is the good news. And on the first Christmas, the shepherds hear this message of good news and they leave their flocks in the fields, which I'm sure they were taught not to do in shepherd school. But they leave their flocks and they travel to the town of David, the, the town of Bethlehem. And they met with Jesus. They peered into the manger. And when they peered into that manger, I believe that they were changed by the good news. They were filled with God's joy. And we, and we know that they were filled with God's joy because we read in the, in the Gospel of Luke, the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. In the words of Eugene Peterson, the shepherds let loose. They met with Jesus and they found joy. They found Jesus and they found their joy. So this week, how can we meet with Jesus? How, how can you meet with Jesus? How can you find Jesus and find your joy? It's a good question. Follow in the footsteps of the shepherds. Enter into the Christmas story. Leave the busyness behind, all the things that are holding you back from finding Christ. During your morning meditations, read the story of good news in Matthew and Luke. And let it seep into your heart. As you go through your day, sing about the story of good news. And if you can't sing, if you're like me, sing with Alexa. Sing with the radio. Sing with us here on Christmas Eve. Talk about the story of good news with family and in your small groups. And like the shepherds, praise God for what God has done. And don't be afraid to let loose. The Christmas story is one of many stories in the New Testament about people 
who met Jesus and found joy. Do you know that even before Jesus was born, Jesus was bringing joy to others? And, and not just his parents, right? There's a story in Luke chapter 1, you can, you can read it this week. Mary's pregnant and she goes to travel to the town of a town in Judea. And she encounters her great aunt Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is further along than Mary. She is very pregnant. And so I imagine Elizabeth kind of waddling to the door and encountering Mary. And Elizabeth knows through the power of the Holy Spirit that Mary is pregnant with the Lord. And the Bible says that John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist, who was in Elizabeth's womb, leapt for joy. Even before Christ is born, Christ is causing great joy. And immediately after his birth, Mary and Joseph do what devout Jews did. They take Jesus to the temple to, to dedicate Christ and make a sacrifice to God. And there are two older devout people in the temple courts. One is Anna and the other is Simeon. And when they encounter this baby Jesus, the Holy Spirit reveals to Simeon and Anna who Christ is. They find Jesus and Anna and Simeon find joy. I don't know if, if you've observed this, if you've noticed it, but, but often when people are running for political office, when they make their first speech, what their campaign's all about, right? They, they show up in a, in a specific place to signal to people what they are coming to do, right? They're, they're, it's their first campaign speech, and so if, if they're coming to restore jobs, they may have their first speech in a, in a factory. If, if they're coming to, to restore the healthcare system, perhaps their first speeches outside of a hospital door. Do you know what, when, when Christ comes on the scene and he starts his ministry, do, do you know the first place where Jesus appears in the gospel of John? At a wedding. And you expect Rabbi Jesus, Pastor Jesus, to do the ceremony, right? You, you got to get your pastor in, the pastor does the ceremony, and then the pastor goes home so that everyone else can have a good time at the party without any pastors making you feel awkward. But in the Gospel of John, Jesus doesn't show up at the ceremony. Jesus comes on the scene at the party. And at that party, if you know the story, they ran out of wine. Running out of wine would have caused great sadness and shame in that culture in that day. So what does Jesus do? Jesus makes 150 gallons of the best wine anyone has ever tasted. And instead of sadness and shame, there is joy. When they find Jesus at the wedding, they find joy. Jesus has come to bring joy. Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 and 45, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought that field. The point is, the man found his treasure. He found Jesus. And when he found Jesus, he found... No one's going to say it with me. Hallelujah. He found joy. In the region of 
Thessalonica, St. Paul wrote a letter to the very first Christians there. They were all new converts, and he tells us what defined their, their state, their attitude. Paul wrote, you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message, you welcomed the good news in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. When those first converts found Jesus, they found joy. See, the reason that Christians pray is because prayer opens us up to the Holy Spirit. It opens us up to the Spirit of Christ. And when we find Christ, we find joy. The reason we gather for worship on Sundays is because we enter into God's presence together. And in God's presence, when we find God's presence, we find joy. The reasons Christians obey Christ's commands is not because we fear that God's wrath, God will do something to us if we're bad or we're earning our wings. No, 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 no. The reason we obey the commands of Christ is because when we're walking in obedience to Christ, we find Christ, and when we find Christ, we find you, you guys are all louder than those at the common ground service. Praise the Lord. Yeah, when, 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 they, when we find Jesus, we find joy. The world is grasping at happiness. They, they, they want, we're surrounded by, by a people. We are a people who are desperate to be made happy. And we believe if we can get more things, if we can engineer circumstances a certain way, if everything can just be made right in our little world, then we'll be happiness. And you may get what you want, and you may be happy for a moment, but if your happiness, if your joy is based on your circumstances, you can't count on long-term, lasting, real joy. Christian joy is not based on favorable circumstances, which are always changing. Christian joy is based on Christ, who is unchanging. In tribulation, in suffering, in trouble, we can have joy because Christ promises us his presence in trouble and trials and tribulations. He is with us and he is our joy. Christian joy is unending and will last forever because Christ promises to be with us forever. Christian joy is based on the presence of Christ in our lives. Emmanuel, God with us. And so if you want to grow in joy, I, I'd say stop ordering things on Amazon. Everyone already has enough. If you want to have great joy, stop expecting people to go with your Christmas plan. If you want great joy, Christian joy, lasting joy, the key is a relationship with Jesus Christ because when you're walking with Christ, when you find Jesus, you find joy. I'll close here. Last Sunday night, we, we put the toddlers down. The, the two and the three-year-old were to bed, hallelujah. And I, I had the baby, the four-month-old, baby Selah, downstairs. And we had the tree lit up. It, it smelled like a Christmas tree. I, I love the Christmas tree smell. My wife doesn't so much care about it, but we're sticking with the real tree, amen. We had a fireplace going in the fire. It, it's just, it's that scene, right? of warmth and comfort and beauty. And I'm holding my precious little baby in, in, in my arms and 
I'm just doing what dad does, right? I'm, I'm squeezing cheeks, I'm, I'm making sounds, I'm making her giggle, I'm listening to her laughter. And in this precious little child, I have to tell you, church, I, I was overwhelmed with joy. And, and she didn't have to do anything for me. It was just beholding, holding on to what is most precious and beautiful and sacred to me. And in her, I found this joy. True joy, Christian joy comes when you realize that the way I was looking at Selah Hope is the same way that Christ looks at you. Christian joy, true joy, happens when you realize that the way you feel about whatever you hold most dear, what do you hold most dear in this life? Who do you hold most dear? What is most beautiful and sacred and precious to you? When you realize that that's the way Christ feels about you, you realize that Christ's greatest joy is you. That he went to the cross for the joy set before him, says Hebrews chapter 12. What was the joy set before him? It was a life with you, with us, in relationship with God. This is the good news that causes great joy for all the people. So this Christmas, enter into the Christmas story and let the good news fill you with joy. Meet with Jesus, because when you find Jesus, you find joy and know that you are Christ's great joy. Amen.